0: blog talk radio it's november 3rd
1: 2019 hello and welcome to working for a living radio show where progressives for change present opinions that matter tonight we're joined by co-host jeff brown and i'm your moderator leroy mcknight remember good leadership is never about power and control but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the membership in the interest of the membership in a way that abides by all of the abiding laws. So appropriate laws, probably better said. Um, This is just an amazing week here, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, We've had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Let's just say that, yeah, the last couple of weeks, uh, we've had some technical difficulties. Um, We were, two weeks ago, we had uh, problems with a Sunday show. We had a Monday show, and unfortunately, last week, We had problems with both the Sunday and the Monday show, and that was from our host company, we had some issues, unable to schedule it uh, with their uh, template. So uh, it does appear that this is working tonight, though. So uh, since our last show, two political leaders, both who were friendly to labor, uh, I guess that's probably uh, arguable, but but they uh, passed away. Um, former Governor William Milliken of Michigan. He was a Republican, and while some people uh, did not agree he was all that labor-friendly, he never sought to destroy labor at all. Uh, so, uh, and the other uh, well-known Democrat, former U.S. House of Representative John Conyers, passed away as well. Please, uh, as we remember and revere these two men, let us also remember the the three UAW members who died during the UAW strike at GM. Let us please observe a moment of silence for all five of these people. Thank you very much. I didn't know Milliken, but I uh, had been around John Conyers a little bit, and it was amazing man, Uh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm going to bring Jeff on now. Um, There he is. Looks like we lost somebody uh, out of the the show here. I'm not sure what happened with that. Um, So, Jeff, you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here, Leroy.
1: Okay. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on um, I was working right up to the very minute that the show went live So I was a little discombobulated there at the beginning So I apologize for that Because uh, we had a lot of stuff going on uh, So And stuff going on right now as we speak So um, uh, we'll uh, keep everybody uh, appraised of all of that uh, Throughout the show here um uh, but uh how was your week, Jeff?
0: Mine was pretty good, you right Um
1: how was yours? Uh decent. You know, I I um
0: uh
1: finished up uh some writing late Monday and uh got that distributed early Tuesday. Uh and uh then uh I had uh, to go up north into an area that didn't have any cell service. I have a friend that's my, my first friend when I came to Michigan that's not doing well, and uh, he needs some assistance, and I take my turn in the barrel to help him get to appointments and things, even though it's quite a drive. But some of the people around him, they don't drive, so it's a little difficult. Uh, so I've, I was gone there for uh, several several days uh, with that going on, and uh, was just incommunicado, so to speak. So it's it a lot of driving around and things. So it's been a kind of a busy, busy week. And then I had to go to uh, Metro deport, uh, Airport to pick up a friend. I think that was Friday night. Yeah, no, it was Halloween night. It was uh, Thursday night. So it's been just running around. A lot of, a lot of just in in the trenches just going so um so anyhow that's uh, uh been my week pretty busy and then some stuff came out yesterday and and then more came out today it's rather interesting we're going to get into that a little bit uh as we have an obligation by constitution in the uaw to make sure that people uh, know what they're getting into uh so they don't lose their membership um so having said that uh you got anything else uh jeff um,
0: no um' okay. just glad the show's working
1: tonight yeah 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 me too uh i see uh, uh tom's uh at his uh uh grandson's junior high football uh game and they call it super Bowl game they're Son, grandson plays for. Well, I better not say that. Uh, plays for a school in in the Youngstown area. Uh, I don't want to say that on the air. It's probably not the best. Uh, so, uh, do that. So, but uh, I know he's. I think he's listening right now. But uh, uh, so we'll uh, uh, let him watch the game and try and listen at the same time. So, having said that, uh, we got some announcements. Um, do you want to start the first one,
0: Jeff? Sure. October twenty ninth, UAW GM ratification vote appeal ready. So it's all ready and set to go.
1: Okay. Number two, October third, uh, UAW Ford leadership. I'm sorry. No. Jesus. October. November first, UAW Ford leadership present a tentative agreement to the rank and file for. A ratification. We'll have a little more on that in the show. I think Jeff's going to cover that pretty much.
0: November 2nd, two unconfirmed UEW members call for a special constitutional election in the newspaper.
1: so uh, uh, We're not going to yep. talk about their names because we don't want to have liability there, but we will discuss what's going on. And please remember those two names that has done this. Okay. Um, announcement number four, November second. UAW president Gary Jones takes a leave of absence pending a federal investigation. Vice president Rory Gamble from the Ford division of the UAW will temporarily assume the duties of UAW president.
0: November third. If you missed it the time change back to standard time at two AM this morning. So if you forgot to change your fox back, please do. So you make it to work on time in the morning.
1: Or be an hour early.
0: <laughs> right, hour early. Hour early,
1: right. Uh, announcement number six. November fifth. Many states will have elections this Tuesday. In Kentucky, there is a governor's election that the nation is watching. It seems that the current governor has attempted to undermine pensions, not the least of which he's done, uh, and that is one of many reasons why the labor-friendly candidate and current attorney general of Kentucky, his name is Andy Bashir, B-E-S-H-E-A-R, B-E-S-H-E-A-R is running against the current governor. So everyone has to make up their own mind, but we are now educating you about labor-friendly Andy, Andy Bashir for Kentucky governor. Uh, that's an important race. We're not telling you what to do. We can just say, please vote, and we're going to get into that in the next uh, uh, announcement, but also uh, you know, consider this, Bashir uh, for for governor, he's ahead in the polls right now, and um, we'll we'll see how that all turns out. But it's watched, being watched on, on, by the nation because this is a very important um, uh, election for the entire country. Okay, Jeff, you want to cover that next one?
0: November fifth, two thousand nineteen. Wherever you are, if you are not. If you have an election in your place of residence, please make sure you go and vote in any regard. By the way, UAW members are required to vote as per our Constitution. Right,
1: that's a quote, uh, Jeff, the Article 41, Section 3. This is a duty of members. It should be a duty of each member to participate in all local, state, provincial, and federal elections through registration and balloting. So you're required by the UAW Constitution, and you've heard a lot about that Constitution lately. If you don't vote, it is a violation of the Constitution. So uh, to what degree is it have to be? Determined, but you know. So, Uh, so announcement number eight. On October 31, 2019, the United States Attorney General charged Edward N. Robinson, previous president of the UAW Midwest Cap, with a felony. We're sad to report that. I want to thank all of our worldwide investigative reporters and. Much appreciated. You know, we get a lot of information from sources all around the world, and we really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Jeff, you want to start email number one?
0: Sure. Thank you for assisting all the UAW members in the military, especially those currently on active duty status and ordered or forbidden to picket by the United States military, name withheld. Uh, You're welcome. We're always glad to help people who have questions or concerns. That's what we're here for. We, we
1: are glad to help them. And in these instances where uh, we had picketers that were prohibited from picketing, or military members that were predict, prohibited from picketing, we, um, we had to sort of make sure that everybody understood that. And we got a lot of thanks from many people. This particular person uh, chose to uh, put in writing, so thank you very much for that. Uh, Leroy, what do you think about Gary Jones taking leave from the office of President of the International UAW? Uh, This is um, a retiree and the names would help. Um, The reasons for that, I will mostly leave to the FBI. Though I will point out that a nonprofit corporate entity, to include a union nonprofit corporate entity, may not own a for profit corporate entity. Also, uh, and, and that's just an aside, okay? Uh, also, as with any president on a temporary Leave of absence, sick leave, military leave, educational leave, personal leave of absence, um, is uh, uh, it is temporarily filled by the vice president, one of the vice presidents. Now, it appears that the uh, executive board has chosen that person as Roy Gamble, and that then he's ascended to that. In the case of a permanent vacant vacancy of the president's office, a vice president would move up to permanently fill the president's vacancy. Then a VP would be elected via a special union-wide, national union-wide constitutional convention. Uh, That would be required. You don't have to ask for it. It would be simply required once that person uh, that was the president, elected president, Uh, Permanently steps down. Current status is uh, Gary Jones is on a leave of absence, and he no longer functions as an officer of the UAW, and Vice President uh, Rory Gamble from the Ford Division is the president. He's functioning as president. Should that become permanent? As with all UAW elections, a vice president ascends to the office of president, I'm sorry some of you haven't been around here very long to know that. that's what happens, okay, and that's just the way it is so you, um, so and then a uh, nationwide special constitutional convention would then be required. You don't have to ask for it. Right. And that would be to elect a vice president, unless they chose not to fill the vice president's spot, and then that possibly they wouldn't have one. Okay, We'll get into that a little more in my report. Jeff, go ahead.
0: Okay. Jeff, you are from Ford. What are your thoughts on this Ford tentative agreement? Uh, I'll talk about that more in my report later on. So. Um, I'm not going to make many people happy with what I have to say, but that's what I do. Right.
1: Piss people off, Jeff. <laughs> that's
0: me. Any- <God. laughs> that's, anybody- that's anybody at the plant, I'll tell you. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, troublemaker, Jeff, I'll tell you. Uh, you know. <laughs> My kind of troublemaker, by the way. All right, so uh, nobody—it's any misunderstanding about that. Uh, email number four regarding yesterday's call for a special convention. Uh, the comment is, "It sounds like two individuals who can't find a light switch in the dark." To me, well, as I answered in the previous email, a little patience, and there may well be a required. National Special UAW Constitutional Convention without the need to try and do it the hard way for the potential purpose of electing VP and possibly a regional director. More on that later in the show. This is a lot more complicated than just saying I want to. The new toy called the UAW Constitution is an interesting, very powerful document. Be careful when you use it.
0: Okay, Jeff. Okay, Um, Leroy, thank you for assisting me this week. I know how being here with no cell service bothered you. Thank you for being my friend for the last 52 years since you came here to Michigan. Name what's held.
1: Yeah, that's my buddy. He he actually wrote me a nice little note on the way out, you know, so... Um, You know, I don't take much time to assist those close to me. But sometimes you just need to step up and help. And I've been up there a couple times uh, to take my turn in the barrel already. This time was a little longer. Um, Brother, I know you listen, so I'll be there for my turn in the barrel two more times this month. Uh, Stay strong. My brother, an iron worker, retired. Okay, thank you for that. Um, uh, All right So we're going to get into the definition And then Jeff's going to take the quotes Um, This week's definition Is wage suppression It happens to be the title of this show uh, Pretty much Uh, And it's a phrase Typically a pronoun I understand it to be Uh, Wage suppression is a term used by economists to refer to the ability of an employer to suppress wages below the efficient or perfectly competent level of compensation. Wage wage suppression is also the result of intentional policy choices, and wage suppression can only be reversed by changing policy. To raise Americans' wages, policymakers must tilt bargaining power Back toward the workers. Okay, Jeff. That's an interesting okay. thing, by the way. I mean, this, they're blaming this wage suppression the thing. They're blaming, you know, the, essentially Congress. And if if you can't see by now how Congress affects and local and state uh, policies by the state legislates and legislators uh, affect uh, the, their policies affect us as labor. I'm sorry because you're missing something really important to your pocketbook every week, and it's starting to take its toll. Start voting your pocketbook instead of, you know, somebody's uh, uh, ideology that they've kind of empowered imparted upon you. So, all right, Jeff, are two quotes there, brother.
0: Okay, this week's quote number one. Too few Americans know labor history and how they have benefited from the efforts of unions. And that's from uh Kenneth Burstein and we give credit to that to GK. And we wanna thank you for that one. The second quote is Brother, count me in count me on the other side of every fight, every fight and I'm not wanna stop until we drive you bastards. How do you know? Hello. Um, and that's by Walter Ruther. on the former UAW president Homer Martin's corruption. Uh and that's what Walter did when he took over the UAW way back in the early days. And we had communists running the UAW. Right. And, and it's an interesting that, story how we did it too, so Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: the, the communists were really, really uh, quite a problem in our union back in the day. Uh, and uh, Walter Ruther drove him out
0: when he first came in. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he was, it was kind of, kind of funny the way, well, not funny, but um, he packed the union to Hong Kong for a special um, election, <laughs> that's what I hear. Well,
1: and that's how yeah. it happened. Well, that's good. So, that's good. We're going to get yeah. into special elections and all of that here in a little bit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. I know Jeff's got his new. I think you got a new updated version of this. At least I tried to. Uh, I'll send it. No. So, uh, Jeff, I think it's your turn for your report on the Ford tentative agreement language. And I know you have a rousing report for all the listeners, so take it away, brother. I'm glad that uh, everybody's hearing you. I'm seeing that here. They can hear you pretty good tonight, so thank you for that, too. All right, brother.
0: All right. First of all, I don't really like this tentative agreement. It is better than GM agreement that they passed last week. Um, My issue is with the part-time people, it still violates the UAW Constitution. Um, And that's what we are big on around here. Since we started the show, is that we will support and defend the Constitution the UAW, many of our elected leadership throughout have, has uh, not done their job. So we do know that um, some of the part-timers will start receiving bonuses, and that's a good thing. Um, there is a $9,000 signing bonus. GM got $11,000. Temporary workers are now eligible to have involved in the grievance procedure. That wasn't uh, what they've had before. They were denied. Um, Let's see, there are... Going to be offering some buyouts, especially for the Romeo engine plant that's going to be shutting down. Employees with 20 to 27 years of service will be getting $75,000. Okay. Uh, there's also going to be additional buyouts for people who are close to retiring. Uh, my plant, I was concerned with. Because we do make the Mustang and we do make the Lincoln Continental. But the Continental is scheduled to build itself out sometime in the near future. And Ford has uh, committed to invest $250 million in the Flat Rock Assembly Plant. And uh, let's see. We're putting some money in all the other assembly plants, which is good, but the Romeo plant, they were going to close that back in 2008, but somehow they, they it survived. And this will be the second time that plant has uh, been closed since it opened in early 1970s um, it's, I just don't like this independent agreement like I said because it violates the Constitution as far as the temporaries working more than 90 days in a row um We've been talking about that for a year. Um, let's see, the going invest, investments will keep over 8,500 jobs here in the United States. See, on Friday, it's been asked to be approved. Score. Have the ratification vote for the membership some starting sometime this week, but um, that's my report. Um, there is some new protections for the temporary workers, but I, it doesn't cut the mustard. It really doesn't. Uh, members who are hired or rehired are reinstated on the effective date of the 2015 uaw Ford National Agreement will be placed at a rate in accordance with the table below. And yeah, see. After 96 months, they be making 22.50 an hour. Those are the people I believe are in progression. Um, they... That uh, the new health benefit is offering diabetes education. That's the health insurance companies that we have, they provide diabetes uh, education. So I don't know why they put that in the highlights or in the contract. Uh, We did keep legal services. Um appendix j is still in the agreement um, that I wanted to see go away um, so that's my report i don't I don't like it I don't like it we can't um we can't support follow the Constitution, so we shouldn't be having these type of agreements The nation know better we've been on their ass for a long, long time on the show. Right. Right. Thank you, uh, uh,
1: You know, that, uh, that whole language, you know, that where these uh, poor temporaries, the probation <laughs> period is just so long, and that there was no pathway at all in uh, the Constitution uh, as we read it, says no greater than three consecutive months but you know there might be some twist in there that we just don't understand you know and we'll get into that in my report on on the appeal uh but uh you know i mean we started talking about this a year and a half ago actually uh, when we were considering running for uh executive board officer the internationals international so uh, we had several people that, that ran on a slate, uh, and we had a plan that was written up on UAW.org uh, quite some time before uh, any uh, uh, of this was, you know, really uh, being brought to the the surface. And we said that there were several things that had potential. Potentially violated the Constitution, and that was in the plan. We also talked in the plan about uh, this was again a year and a half ago, well before uh, even the convention itself, about going to the uh, locals uh, each region once a quarter. There's nine regions, and there's about 13 uh, Fridays in a in a quarter, so we figured we could try and get to nine. Out of the 13 Fridays, we'd make a trip into one of the regions, each of the regions, that is, and they do that four times a year, so they, they'd see us quite a bit. Uh, that was also part of that plan that you can read on workingforaliving.org forward slash plan, and just go there, and anybody that wants to see the plan and how we talked about these potential constitutional violations and what we intended to do uh, uh, if we ascended to leadership. Because... Quite frankly, we're as mad as anybody about what's going on in our leadership because primarily they've lost their connection to the rank-and-file on the floor, especially those that have never turned a wrench in their life have no connection, physical connection, to doing rank-and-file work on the plant floor of the Detroit 3 or the, the ag Uh, Division or the IPS divisions, uh, uh, IPS division and uh, the the locals in the IPS IPS divisions. Division. Uh, Having said that, uh, Jeff, there's also a a problem that's come up in the the GM that I'm sure it's affecting the uh, Ford uh, agreement as well. Is this whole notion that people are working side by side? Making several different wages for long periods of time that are uh, not uh, similar in nature. So, and the thing that's come out of this agreement with regard to trying to move forward with this is that some of the in progression people took 10 years to get to full traditional wage 10 years and the people now that are going to you know come in and be hired in these temporaries now they're going to ascend to full wage in 4 years so there are you know members out there and you know nobody's whining to the degree that they're greedy but fairness is the issue. You know, I know we're trying to correct it, but there are people that are angry that it's taken them 10 years and now they have 20 years left in order to, uh, at tier one wage, to, uh, you know, save for their retirement. And if you retire at 30 years. And these younger people that are coming in, even younger than a ten-year person, uh, now will have 26 years at at top rate in order to save for their retirement because they're all on 401 base 401k base to try and get uh, their their pension or they won't have a pension but to get their retirement monies. So this is very um, uh, disparaging for some of the people. They're they're pretty angry about. This. Uh, I know the retirees are also angry. Uh, Ford, uh, they're just livid. I mean, there's some ads, they're so mad. They're chewing, spite, chewing nails and spitting them out. Uh, you know, I talked to some people in Louisville, and they are hot down there about this. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's going to pass or not. I'm sure this $9,000 signing bonus is going to carry a lot of weight. But this is not something that people are very happy with for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, the attendance program, I understand, is a little better than it was. But last time in 2015, we found Ford to be the worst attendance program out of the Detroit, Detroit 3 when we did the full study on it. And uh, and that's now been, uh, my understanding, been adjusted uh, to some degree towards more uh, friendly. Some people just want to go back to the old shop rule methods instead of these uh, uh, appendix uh, uh, situation where they have uh, all all of the language for this attendance program. It doc eight in the GM thing, but it's uh, GM contract that is. Um, but it's it's just simply not fair, just or proper, and we're still having to deal with young people being forced to deal with their time off during the 4th of July holiday period. And I guess maybe that's been adjusted a little bit, but still not the best. And then they don't have much time throughout the year, especially young uh, people with children that might be sick, whether they're a couple or a single mom or a single father sometimes. You know, we have to keep these people in mind. And, you know... Uh, family medical leave shouldn't be their only option in order to care for a, a child that's ill. So let's let's work on that and let's try and do something better in the future. Um, all right. Anything more on your report,
0: Jeff? Uh, yeah, I just want to remind people that uh, during the 2015 board agreement, uh, Vice President Jimmy Settle's hired a public relation firm to help get that uh, contract passed at Local 600. Um, and uh, there's quite a bit of problems down there at Local 600 during my 2015 contract vote. Um, so I, I don't trust these guys. I really don't. Right. You know, Jimmy's no longer there, but to hire a uh, public relations firm to sell a contract. The contract should sell itself. It just, just that just blew my mind. Four yeah. Years ago,
1: it was it was something else. I mean, they had that public re- relations firm in there for quite a while. I mean, it started with FCA, and then GM, and then and uh, Ford in the end. It, it was there for quite a while though, Jeff. Uh, and it was not a good thing. There, you know, on the other show, we had a, a regular, because that's where we were during the uh, FCA agreement last uh, cycle in 2015, Uh regular writer to the show Monday morning was his nickname, and he said that something, he was an insider at, at Solidarity House, he said that something had been done, he just couldn't tell us what. And that's kind of engaged uh, Jeff and myself with regard to the, the notion of um, tampering, although it can't be proved. Uh, certainly, uh, people from the inside did, did make that comment, uh, and uh, it's just not good. Uh, and I want to, there was an article in the Free Press, Detroit Free Press, that said that the election committees will be taking uh, care of this vote well i want to correct the free press unless the uaw said that in its procedure that's developed by the international union it'll it won't be the election committee that conducts elections at fort it's uh, that procedure is developed and implemented by the international union and is not a part of the constitution that says the election committee shall uh, conduct that ratification vote. It is not there. And that's part of the appeal that, uh, that I wrote. So I said that by the way, I want to thank everybody that uh, I guess I'll start. If there's nothing else on yours, Jeff, I'll start my report. Uh, First, before I get into this appeal, I want to thank everybody that contributed to the information and knowledge base. I bring a lot to the table, but I'm not the only sole person out here with with an opinion, and everybody's opinions taken in uh, uh, regard uh, and and implemented, if uh, we can work that in. Also, I see uh, the the switchboard's pretty full, but I see somebody here that... uh, assisted by proofreading the uh, appeal, and I want to thank that person uh, very profoundly for that effort uh, overnight, by the way. Uh, So uh, I want to thank that person for doing that. Uh, I try to be a good writer and proof it two or three times before I put it out, but it's still something that you never catch all the mistakes, and I want to thank that person for uh, going over that. Uh, appeal. That appeal is uh, available on workingforaliving.com uh, on this radio show. Also, you'll find the uh, uh, court document with the Edward, Edward Robinson charges on this page for uh, uh, Working for a Living for the page uh, for this show itself. Okay, so you'll find it there. Uh, having said that, uh, let me get into this appeal. Uh, you know, an appeal is something you really have to weigh before you do it. Is it is it right? Is it necessary? Uh, should we do it? Shouldn't we do it? Uh, you know, what elements uh, are appealable uh, and which which elements are not appealable? And should, you know, and how do you put that all together? All of those things come into play when you write an appeal. And you have to know what you're doing because you can do things by and through your writing that can get you in trouble. Okay? If you say the wrong word, you can get in trouble. And we'll get into that in the second half of my report. But for, for now, the, the, the appeal contained four elements The first element was the whole notion that we just talked about that there is no codified procedure in the Constitution of the UAW that provides for a ratification vote that's properly done uh, for a challenger to be uh, overseeing the uh, ratification vote It's not provided for. And, quite frankly, an appeal is not provided for in the language that's codified in the Constitution as we know it. So we write it under Article 38, okay? And then we reference, and there's an appeal process under Article 38, and we reference Article 19 that deals with ratification votes and contracts, and also Article 50 that says that the International Union will be um, uh, responsible for the processes and procedure of the ratification vote. Unlike what the free press said, the election committee does not necessarily conduct ratification votes. Now, somebody said, well, our local union uh, says that the – uh, bylaws say that it's uh, the shop committee that does, or the, our bylaws say the election committee uh, says that. Quite frankly, those bylaws are in conflict with the Constitution that says the International Union is responsible for uh, deciding how the procedure for how a ratification vote is to be conducted. In fact, in the FCA second ballot, after they rejected it the first time in 2015, the International collected all the ballots and brought them back to Solidarity House and counted them, and then gave a report. So nobody at the local counted them, because it was the International's prerogative under Article 50 to go ahead and, and uh, conduct the election, the ratification vote, rather, in any manner they chose to, and they did. Okay. And uh, we got that report out of that process from Monday morning on the other show. And I have that saved somewhere. So just know that we're not talking out our head. Uh, So the first one was, you know, the whole appeal process, uh, the the ratification vote process. They've been admonished no less than four times by the Public Review Board to codify something that's uh, uh, more... Uh, in keeping with the uh, um, preamble of the UAW Constitution regarding de- uh, democracy, democracy principles, etc. And that's well explained in the first element, uh, r- first reason of the appeal. I don't have it in front of me. I'm just going over this by my head because I did write it right. And then there are the three elements that we. Uh, believe could possibly uh, violate the Constitution. And, you know, while we talk about it, we're not experts in Constitution. We're pretty good at it, but we're not experts. So, before we got into the three, okay, I asked that uh, the highest authority with and by and through their authority and with their own credentials, go ahead and make that determination as to whether they are, in fact, violations of the Constitution, because we really don't know. I mean, yeah, we can bluster all day long about, yeah, we think they are. We really don't know. Okay, so we don't know. And until we have proof that they are, by some authority, beyond just our own opinion then they, they aren't necessarily violations of the Constitution. So we've asked for that for some, from some higher authority. The first one being what Jeff just referenced. We think that the uh, no greater than three consecutive months for work permits, and work permits we've outlined we believe are uh, given to those people who are not full seniority members, in other words, temporary members. But we could be wrong about that. Okay, but we're asking for clarification, and that's why one of the reasons we appealed it, okay, one of the four. The next one was in the interest of the membership versus in the interest of the corporation under Appendix K. We think that it violates the Constitution, maybe federal law, but we're not sure. So we've deferred to a higher authority with credentials on the matter of whether it is or isn't a constitutional violation. But we appealed it nonetheless because we'd like, like to have some clarification on that. And then the last one is uh, on enforcing the law, laws that exist, but also working to repeal those laws on just the labor. And we're supposed to work to appeal those laws. Now we've made the case here on the show and in the appeal that Uh, it could possibly violate the constitution because they affirmed an unjust, a law that's unjust to labor by placing it in our collective bargaining agreement. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, there's this case out there. Well, you know, uh, first, you know, those are the three constitutional elements that we appealed. Now, There's a case out there called Shotwell from 2006. Greg, I know, and we've sat on a couple of boards uh, and been been interviewed by the press together. And uh, Greg is a prolific writer, has written a book. Uh, So having said all of that, it's who Greg Shotwell uh, is and what he's done a little bit. But he wrote this appeal, and this... Uh, of the election based on Delphi, and he wanted to combine that with the GM uh, situation and the seniority things, and he thought it was wrong. And the Public Review Board come back and said, hey, you were specifically prohibited from dealing with uh, negotiation policies by the UAW Constitution. We're, we're prohibited from that. But in this argument for our three, for our four elements, especially the latter three, we, we believe that the, the deal with elements in the collective bargaining agreement. We believe that Shotwell case two thousand six. I think it's um, oh gosh, what was it was in nineteen number nineteen fifty something. I, whatever it was, uh, or seven. 1557 I think it was whatever number it is uh, it's in the appeal Uh, but that uh, doesn't rise to the level of violations of the constitution that have been placed into the uh, collective bargaining agreement and our bigger overriding element is that no uh, member should ever have to vote be subjected to vote on a collective bargaining agreement that violates the UAW Constitution. So we've asked for higher authority for those to give us answers on those. Um, And we expect to get that. We don't know if that will come from, because there's a whole appeal process, and it converts after the first level to something else. And it's pretty complicated. You really have to understand the Constitution in order to administer it. lot you do and we're going to get into that in a minute a little further but uh, it it the the highest authority internal authority would be the public review board and I would expect that this is probably going to rise to that level through several appeals uh, beyond just the appeal at the local union level so uh, we expect that to be come back in our favor to be affirmed but we're not sure if affirmed uh, we've asked that the remedies be that they what they for the first one what they've done in the past just admonish them one more time to codify a procedure for a ratification vote one more time right and then for the last four uh, we're not out to try and have another costly election nationwide election for this collective bargaining agreement probably come back the same way right doesn't make any sense. We just ask for that it be noted uh, for, uh, that it's um, in violation of the Constitution. And then we'll deal with that when that comes up. But we really don't know right now, uh, and we're going to get into some of that, all of, uh, the administration of the Constitution in the next half of my report. Now, Jeff, do you have any questions uh, regarding that appeal?
0: No, I I have it right here in front of me. Right. And uh, it looks good to me. I will be sending it out tomorrow. So
1: Well, it has to be adjusted for forward, and you got to wait until the election occurs.
0: Okay. Right. All right.
1: Yep. So we might let some of the other geniuses in the UAW that now are claiming such uh, wonderful knowledge. Maybe we'll <laughs> let Duke Ford and FCA, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. As no, they're doing it. Smart.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll just see because there's there's a lot of uh, mental horsepower out there that's pulling the wrong way. So we'll see how they're going to do now. So, uh, so with with that said, uh, yeah. That uh, by the way, uh, such an appeal. Has to be presented to your local union within seven days. Now, I must tell you, when I went to present this one, it was within seven days. Uh, and my financial secretary that was there, amongst some other folk that looked like uh, retiree executive board people, you kind know, of thing, on the retiree board, uh, and I don't know them all, uh, but I knew a few. One lady called me "dude." (laughs) Please don't do that ever again. I'm not dude. I'm an August member of our union who served uh, with distinction as recording secretary for three terms, and as cap chair for uh, for three terms as well, and as um, temporary staff cap coordinator for the region as well so I'm not dude I'm brother Leroy or Leroy or simply brother you know might work uh, but I'm not dude and probably the person didn't know any better but I, the person knew me maybe not by sight anymore because I've changed a little it was a little and then they, they tried to finagle they didn't want to receive it at all I'm not that person. I'm not the recording secretary. I'm the financial secretary. Oh, I can't sign for anything I haven't read. I said, no, it's received. You don't have to agree or disagree. All you have to do is receive it, R-E-C-E-I-V-E-D. Very nice, simple word. Thank you very much. So they tried, uh, but much to their chagrin, they had to, in the end, go ahead and receive it, which I have That's. St- Written, signed statement that they received in time, and they'll finagle around with that to the best of their ability. But we'll see. Um, so that's the that's the appeal. Uh, I told some friends that I try and wrap this up at eight o'clock, and it's just not going to happen. They want me to come over for uh, dinner. My one of my really close friends here in town, is lady friend, is up from. Uh, the Carolinas, and they want me there at 8.30, but guess what? We're going to run a little long. Um, With regard to a special constitutional convention, as I said earlier, uh, likely one's going to be required anyhow. Okay. All right. Because... If uh, the president's office does become vacated permanently, then the executive board will pick one of the three vice presidents to move up, and it looks like they've already done that. Roy Gamble is probably going to send a president should Gary Jones step down for permanently. Okay, And then they'd have to have an election for vice president, and that would be – required national convention and you would have the same people that elected this slate of people right back there again electing them again nothing's going to change okay and uh... if you want to change the convention for one member one vote that's not grounds in my opinion to call a special convention, you could do that in a regular four-year cycle, right? If you want a special convention, these are about charges, right? Be careful using that word. Be careful. Um, the uh, special convention may also be required, you know. Free Press said they have a plan. Well, they didn't get our plan. Or they wanted to put it in without any uh, confirmation who wrote it or any such thing. So they didn't get it. And this plan, uh, should the appeal be affirmed, then the appeal says that everybody that signed the highlights gave rise to these constitutional violations. And that's subject to other problems in our Constitution. We don't know that yet, but eventually we will. And if they do, there's possibility that there's another constitutional convention that would be required. So calling one is, at best, premature and, at worst, dangerous. Constitution, again, is a very powerful document. Be careful how you use it. It's not a toy. Neophytes with power are dangerous people who have never administered a local union or assisted in the administering of a local union that now aspired to administer the Constitution even from a position of a minority caucus have to do it very, very, very carefully. Um, So the special convention calling for one and asking everybody to go out and do X, Y, and Z to, to affect that can be dangerous. We're going to get into that in just a second. But it might be that you're already going to have one because of natural occurrences due to uh, pending federal investigation. We just don't know yet. Okay. And there may be yet another one for other reasons once this is finally determined whether or not there's violations. So we don't know yet. Uh, When you Call for special elections. What's your purpose? You want to be president? The president's office is going to be filled with a gentleman, brother, by the name of Rory Gamble, from all intents and purposes. And he's, right now, not guilty of anything. Speaking of which, Jeff... You, uh, you're you pretty good on the Constitution. You want to read the Article 2, Section 4?
0: Article yep. Section 4. It's Article in part. 2, Section 4? Right.
1: Yeah, it's there. You, you have that now, don't you? Yep. Latest version. Article
0: 2, Section 4. To enforce existing laws to work for the repeal of those which are unjust to labor, who work for legislation on a national scale? Go um, down here a little bit more.
1: Wait, wait, UA- wait, just wait, 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 okay. just a second. That, that right. sec- article 2, section four, and that essentially says to enforce existing laws, right?
0: That's what it says.
1: Okay. Now, do you have the one there that has the U.S. Constitution Eleventh Amendment? Yes, I do. Would you read that, please sir?
0: Sure, Everyone charged with a penal offense has the right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty according to the law public trial at which he has had all the guarantees necessary for his defense
1: That says That's what it is. The right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, right? Correct. Okay, just want to double-check that. Okay. Now, uh, you want
0: to read Article 41, Section 2? Article 41, Section 2. It shall be the duty of each member to render aid and assistance to a brother or sister members in case of illness, Death or distress, and in every way acquit herself, herself as a loyal and devoted member of the International Union. Okay,
1: thank you, Jeff. That that basically says that uh, we're we're to render aid and assistance to a brother or sister members. Basically, if they're you know if they're sick or just death or distress or Uh, in every way to acquit her or himself. In other words, if they look like they could be getting in trouble, it's our obligation to try and acquit them prior to them getting in trouble, right? Correct. Okay, so we're going to go on that premise here for the rest of this uh, uh, report in my second half here. And that's kind of important language because uh, one, we're supposed to enforce the laws of the land and work to repeal those that are unjust to labor. So enforcing the laws of the land, the the uh, U.S. Constitution 11th Amendment, this isn't something that Congress dreamed up. This is the um, the 11th Amendment. It was passed on February 7th, 1795. It was the first one after the Bill of Rights. Bill of Rights is the first 10 of the US Constitution first 10 amendments okay ACLU, by the way that some people like and some don't their whole purpose in world is to enforce the bill of rights the first 10 amendments okay and that includes second amendment about right to bear arms so everybody that thinks the liberals are out there against this arms thing sadly mistaken okay <laughs> They 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 take an oath to enforce that you can because they seek to enforce and uphold all ten of the the first ten amendments. Of course, two falls in there, and that's the right to bear arms. Just as an aside, Um, so the Eleventh Amendment says the presumed innocent until proven guilty. All right. So then, there's this little. Flyer that came out tonight is posted on Facebook Of course this is in follow up And likely, likely support Of the Detroit Free Press Article and we're not going to Get into names of who's there And who's not We're just going to educate the membership On some of these issues Okay We have stated In this and we do Not support any of this by the way not one bit of it. Just we're mad as everybody else, but we're not supporting this. Okay? This, do, this document says uh, that uh, uh, extortion, bribery, kickbacks, misappropriation of our dues. Well, you know, and then it goes on to say a bunch of things about union leaders and how many of them and who's, who's been found guilty and da da da. And what can we do? Well, let's start with Article 31, Section 20. Okay. It says, remove convicted former leaders from our membership. Well, remove uh, in the sense of Article 31, Section 20 means that you get removed pending a trial. It doesn't mean that they can remove them from the membership. That if you've been charged and the... the, uh, Charges have been found to be improper, then action can be taken to remove you pending the trial. And then at that point, at that point, uh, they can uh, strip you from your membership. And Jeff can speak to that probably better than anybody because he was stripped of his membership at one point. And uh, I wrote and was supported by our team. Right in uh, appeals To get their membership back And uh, We thank the public review board For the, the sanity That it uh, Brought to all of that Political back and forth From in the local And so But having said that Article 31 section 20 Doesn't give you the right To remove former leaders From our membership The fact is The only way you can remove, take their membership, is charge them under Article 31, okay? Remember we talked about a minute ago about proper, being found proper? Well, guess what? You had 60 days from the time they were committed or sentenced, convicted or sentenced, to charge them and attempt to take their membership away. And that's Article 31, Section 3A, right off the top of my head. I wonder why I know that. Must be timely, 60 days. So that one's out of the box, right? Yep. Uh, Thank you very much for attempting to enforce the Constitution, but since you've never actually administered it you don't know what you're doing think about the people who put this to you because they're asking you to attend your next union meeting and demand action on articles 830 and 31 and 31 just got knocked out of the box you don't know what you're doing you can write it up okay you just just don't go in there I guess you could They're going to ask you a whole bunch of questions. Okay, Okay. Section uh, 8, Article 8, Section 4, they said they want you to to go and deal with. Uh, Article 8, Section 4 asks you for the uh, local union demanding such a special convention. Must state the reason... Or reasons why such a convention is desired the place and the date for the convention and the dates for the mailing out and return returning of ballots. Seems like it's a little more complicated than just going in there and saying, Hey, enforce section eight, Article eight, section four. Let's go do that. Run right over there and do that. Well, you have to have a reason. Okay, let's go back to what Jeff said about enforcing laws and what Article or the 11th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says about innocent until proven guilty, right? Right? You want to go in there and do what? To who? These are people that aspire to be the leaders of the UAW and administer the Constitution, have asked you to go in your local union without preparation and make an ass of yourself. You have to have reasons. Gary Jones isn't even president right now. Vance Pearson isn't the fifth uh, Region 5 director. Who are you going to charge? What are you going to charge them with? Okay. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Article 30. Charges against international officers or international executive board members must be filed in either of these manners. And it goes on to describe them. Charges against the international officers. Remember what we just said? Charges. Who are you going to charge? What are you going to charge them with? All union, local union presidents listening, and there's a lot of them. We expect that you would, as you normally do, when somebody raises an issue, ask them exactly and specifically who are you charging, exactly and specifically what charges are you bringing. And the recording secretary dutifully will take note of the person ra- uh, that raised up, taken the floor, at the microphone, or just ta- standing and talking. Take note, this person here, XYZ person member of our union, has charged X person with X charges. Okay, And they're going to take note of that. And that will be a permanent record of the minutes of that membership meeting. For each and every one of you who go out there and listen to the people that want to administer the Constitution at the highest level and have not armed you with a damn thing other than this frickin' flyer sitting here on my computer screen or somebody that went to a news reporter that doesn't know her ass from a hole in the ground and put it in the newspaper that they have a plan. They got a plan to get some of you fired what they got a plan for because you got to read the whole damn constitution. Article 31, Section 13. In the case of the trial committee finds the accused obviously innocent, it may determine the honest or malicious intent of the accuser. Should the trial committee tentatively concur that the accuser was guilty of obvious malice, it shall notify him or her in writing and afford the accuser an opportunity for a hearing. Okay. Okay. The accuser can be brought up on charges if it was found to be malicious intent. That means you brought charges just because you're mad at somebody and not because they violated something. You better damn well know what they violated when you bring charges. You go there and stand in front of that president and financial secretary and recording secretary, and if a vice president's at the table and you stand there and they're recording the whole damn thing, you better damn know what, well know what the hell you're doing because you could lose your membership over this and your job, depending on what state you're in. You better pay attention to people who know what's going on and have a plan and systematically walk that plan through rather than telling you to go to a union meeting and just act like an asshole. Because that's what you'll be if you go there with your, you you know, nothing armed to read or write or even present in any way. I want to thank the people that are promoting this, because you've already violated a bunch of things. I just don't know if the international is going to take exception to it and bring charges, because you said all kinds of things here. And you've put a lot of our members in a hell of a spot. Thanks for doing it, because you might have eliminated my competition right out of the chute without ever having to do a damn thing. That's how serious this is. And they made a record of it in the damn mainstream media. Remember. Remember. Article 41, Section 2. We all have a duty to make sure none of you do anything wrong or if you're in distress, come to your assistance. We're all damn well mad about what's going on. But you listen to the wrong people, and you're going to be in serious, serious trouble. You know, Jeff was on a Facebook page earlier tonight, and they said, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, Jeff, you do know what the hell you're talking about. And the people that are out there promoting this special convention and asking these people, our good members, to go in there and, and take on these issues without any, any thought of what they're going to be doing. And to what end, okay? The people that, that are promoting this little plan, according to the free press, Detroit free press, they aspire to be president. He aspires to be president to my knowledge the office isn't even going to be open under that plan it's going to be filled with a vice president so what is your purpose really do you really know what you're doing is that why you asked me to run the union should you have gotten elected because you don't know how and it's obvious now that's for sure once you break it down, somebody said that people out there doing this really need some help. And I said, that's the understatement. And the person wrote back a bunch of tears and laughter. It's really sad that you put the membership in this hell of a position to where some of them if they go before their local union and just start spouting off with no purpose whatsoever and making charges against people that have not been found guilty and those that have been found guilty are gone and the time has told under statute of limitation to take their membership away something we considered but we didn't want to be punitive beyond what they're they're in prison right now. I suppose maybe they don't deserve to be members. Well, we did consider it. But we, quite frankly, don't want to be punitive beyond the pale. They're suffering really bad. Their name is just toast everywhere. We held them to account. And believe me, we do work to hold our union to a higher standard at every level. And I do it on a daily basis, assisting sisters and brothers in their their own stress. And for this group to ask the membership to go out there and put themselves in harm's way
0: is unconscionable. You've been educated and you've been forewarned. It's up to you now
1: to do whatever you think is right. You do what you want to do, but we've educated you on the consequences of just going in and spouting off. Again, thanks to my competition, because you probably just knocked yourself out of the box. Who the hell is going to follow somebody to put everybody in harm's way? Jeff, you got any comments?
0: I got a lot of things going on inside my head, Leroy. I don't know whether I should say it or not. Um, These people have no clue on anything. he never held a position. He never ran vote uh, of grievance and all I hear from them is a lot of four letter words and, and video and, and bad mouthing people and um, it's just not right they 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 have really made himself look bad but they still have some followers because the followers don't know what's going on either. And they're buying into their bullshit. Um, I'm here to tell you, folks, people I had an argument with on one of the other pages, you know, you don't know who I am, but I've been around for a while. Leroy, really take a good tune. We know what's going on. More than anybody else in the UAW.
1: Um, we try. We're not maybe more than everybody. Well, we try. We know if, you no, know, we, but we, we do, do try. try. We certainly want and to keep people to out of trouble, Jeff. That's for sure.
0: Exactly, and we and we do this to educate people. Um, and we do we educate them every show. But this person, he's out of control. He can't even get support from his own plant to back up his plans. And that's that should tell you something. If he can't get support from his own facility, why would anybody else support him from other facilities? Think about it. That's what I got me right. And I'm putting it nicely.
1: Right, Jeff, uh, I know. I, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty pissed about it because, you know, I know that. I mean, I, I'm out there defending people on a regular basis, writing, you know, stuff to assist them in their defense. Yes. And this is something that there's no defense for. Okay. No. You charge somebody make accusations against somebody and they haven't been found guilty or haven't done a damn thing, who are they going to bring charges against? Rory Gamble? Right now he hasn't (laughs) violated a damn thing. He's not a subject to my knowledge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation at this time.
0: What about the rest of the regional directors, all
1: nine of them? What about Terry Ditas? What about Cindy Estrada? I know Cindy's kind of maybe, she's might be on uh, one of the, the lists there, but we don't know for sure because it says, you know, right. Union Officer A, B, or C, or whatever. We don't know it's her for sure. In fact, somebody says somebody else. We don't know anybody else that is in any way guilty of a damn thing other than us being mad at him. And being mad at him doesn't mean you can bring charges against him. Oh, by the way, are you going to pay for that special convention? Every one of you that came out and said something? Because it says they want to know where you want to hold it at. It looks like you might have to pay for it, huh? That's undetermined. Um,
0: I have a question, Leroy. Go ahead. You're talking about about paying for the special convention. I'd like to know. Um, about this person's lawsuit, the person who asked membership to donate to his lawsuit.
1: Well, yeah, we shouldn't,
0: shouldn't get
1: into that right now. I know there's the no. Yeah, uh, there's, there's more to that than meets the eye. Let's, just let that sit. Let that, sit for let now. that go.
0: Yep. I know they
1: raised money openly in front of everybody now, didn't they? Okay.
0: Yes, they did. Okay. Yes, wonder they did. wonder
1: where that's at. Maybe that question should uh, be asked or they go accusing exactly. somebody else of wrongdoing.
0: Exactly. Okay. That's where I'll say that's
1: that. Um, question. You really want to get mad? Go ask that question. All right?
0: That's mm-hmm. a question for
1: you to ask. No. Okay. We have pretty full switchboard. want to thank everybody for staying here tonight. I don't see any hands up, so I think we're good. Uh, wish that uh, Tom, who is regularly on the show, that his grandson was successful in the Super Bowl uh, in the Youngstown, Ohio area for the uh, junior high level. They play independent ball there. They don't play in the uh, the school itself. Uh, I did that myself as a youngster and then moved on later. Um, and so, uh, in fact, we were state champions in the uh, uh, back in the day at that uh, junior high level. So uh and in the newspaper a lot, quite frankly. Uh but having said all that, um uh, that was an amazing experience by the way. It's something they never can take away from. Some will try, but they can't. But having said all that, oh jeez, I got I encouraged a hand to go up. Now you gotta keep it short because we're on a tight frame here. You know you heard me say I'm due for dinner. <laughs> But, come on, here's here's Tom to report how his grandson did and anything
2: else. Hi, right, Tom. Good, good, good evening. And uh, most of the show I was uh, eating uh, at a restaurant after the game. Uh, we did not come out victorious. We lost to the Gerard Indians, okay, if I'm allowed to say that, 32 to 14. Sure. 32 to how much? 32 14. But uh, uh, a very successful season, proud of those young men. Uh, Saturday afternoon, my other grandson, uh, Maslin, uh, Washington uh, Tigers, defeated for the fourth time in a row the Canton Kinley Bulldogs. And uh, my other grandson playing for Boardman on Friday night, they lost to Canfield. So uh was a hectic weekend, <laughs> but that's the cost of being a grandparent. Great show, by the way. Like I said, I listened to most of it uh, out there. Remember, as we leave the program tonight, and this is the end of what I'm going to say, people out there, believe what you want to believe. But anger is like fire. It's only going to consume you. What was spoken here tonight is nothing but the truth. And <laughs> thanks for tuning in, those of you who uh, know me uh I speak very highly of these two gentlemen out here and uh, I can't thank them enough for what they're trying to do with our great union and carry on with the traditions that have been handed down up until recent uh, decades. But uh, thank you guys. Once again, uh, people who are, were non-union eating with me asked me
1: who you guys
2: were. They sound like a couple uh Philadelphia lawyers out there or New York state lawyers. I said, well, I think I think, I, I think there may be some background there. You may want to check into the credentials. And by the way, uh, I think that one topic that you guys were talking about at the end, I think that is being handled by uh, an independent party that uh, is going forward with some uh, research on that. So, hey, have a great one. Great show, guys. Yeah, well, Tom, you know, uh, I, I want to
1: note that, For at least two decades, you were in the bargaining committee and functioned as other uh, uh, appointed positions as well, in addition to that, perhaps. Uh, And uh, uh, while you may never have been an executive board member, you certainly were around it long enough to understand the, the seriousness of how you administer the Constitution and what you ask people to do from time to time. Uh, and uh, for you to say what you just said lends credibility. I want to let everybody know that lends a lot of credibility to what we said here this evening regarding be cautious when you go out there because there are ramifications for malicious behavior, okay, in the Constitution. It's a big document, okay? Lots and lots are said there, and it refers to federal law. As in federal, local, and state law, as well, uh, to for us to enforce that. So, uh, I thank you for your comments, Tom, uh, and especially coming from someone with uh, such experience as yourself, long-standing experience as a uh, bargaining uh, representative, and uh, one who has had to implement sometimes the constitution but mostly the collective bargaining agreement and that neither one are easy or should be taken lightly or cavalierly as are being done by other people at this time so thank you tom I guess he really meant that's all he was going to say. (laughs) Thanks. Again, thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. And uh, your dinner dinner companions there, uh, 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 thank you for putting up with us as you listened while Tom was in your presence. Appreciate it. Uh, Having said that, uh, let's wrap up this show tonight. Uh, I want to thank, uh, unless, Jeff, you got anything else to say?
0: No, sir, I do not
1: Okay, we kind of covered a lot of stuff here tonight and I'm I'm late now So I want to thank all of our global listeners around the world Our friends in Canada and Mexico that listen All the U.S. Union and non-Union listeners uh, Especially to all of our UAW listeners This is pretty much a UAW show tonight uh, Let's see, we got something come in That's something different. That's another issue that's ongoing that I'm helping assist with. So um, wanna, if you if you found value in this show, please tell just one more person about us. Uh, please have fun and stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you listeners out there, and thank you for coming to listen to us tonight. We hope you found some sort of value in taking away, maybe save your job. Good night, listeners. Good night. Tom, and good night, Jeff. Good night. Good night,
0: everyone.